and welcome back, folks. Uh, thanks again for taking time out of your precious day to join us here. Uh, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Hustle Mode podcast. I am your co-host, Neil Persaud, and I'm also joined by my colleague, Jason Rule. Um, tonight, we're in for a great treat. Um, we are joined by a friend and colleague, president and CEO of Adrenaline Media, Kyle Hossick. Uh, he's here and going to be sharing a number of different tips, tricks, and techniques as we delve into the realm of digital marketing, which uh, is on the uh, the pressing mind and cranium of individuals um, in today's ecosystem, considering that majority of the traditional marketing efforts are maybe not as, um, I want to say impressionable, because out of home is purely people are locked in doors and things of yeah. that nature anyways we'll delve in a little bit more but i just wanted to give you a little bit of background on kyle actually you know what kyle why don't i just spin it over to you as a way of getting started why don't you introduce yourself and then tell the folks um, a little bit more about you sure yeah so as you said uh, my company's adrenaline media um i've been doing you know everything i can creatively for about 20 years now under the adrenaline uh, moniker um I started building HTML websites way back in the day, you know, dream weavering it up. Um, <laughs> and, that. you know, every year I, I like to think I've got better at having an eye for content quality and then content that, that cuts through the noise. So, so uh, gotcha. it's all about an idea for me. So if the, the idea is good and you can execute and, you know, whether it's a simple photograph or combination web design, photograph, video, um, if the idea at the core is good, I think you're onto something. And that's really been my focus. I've worked with um, small, medium and large companies um, in Canada and the U.S. Um, that's how I came to know Jason, actually, is... Uh, yeah some work I did uh, when he was at one of the big banks and um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's I've, I'm happy because I found the thing that keeps me happy. Uh, I don't yeah. consider it work, you know, uh, we're here late and uh, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I, I can't wait to have this conversation. Yeah, no, that's great. I, as uh, as you're as you're mentioning the introduction, the journey, and, and how we uh, initially connected, Kyle, I always found that um, when we worked together, there was a you know a level of professionalism as well as a level of creativity that I always got from you in terms of you know we we were doing boring, somewhat boring corporate stuff, right? And you kind of found a way to jazz it up a little bit more and make it more interesting and engaging for for us performers. Um, to really get into what we were there to do, right? We were, were reading from a prompter. Yeah, I get it. But when you saw the final product, it actually had a nice organic feel to it. It didn't feel like stuffy and uh, um, corporate in nature. So, you know, I, I always found that a, a very good uh, way that you're able to pull that um, excitement out of your out of your customer or your subject out of your um, presentation Good, and, it, and it, Thank you. it really yeah and it landed really well like um you know I, I unfortunately there the organization started to do little things a little differently and sort of started looking at different things um there is a as a a group now that exists that does a lot of the stuff that you know if you look back that we started like this you yeah. know going doing the videos doing um some of that more creative stuff um they've done gone in a little bit different direction with some of it but you know you were one of the founders that made that a, a thing at the at the bank and it, i think today they're more 
um, better off having that content built and, and, and the approach that you use. So, you know, just wanted to throw that in there. Cause I think that's important for our folks out there listening to know is that sometimes people can record videos. It can take photos, but sometimes the person behind it, you can really feel their enthusiasm. So, you know, Hey, thanks a lot, Jason. Yeah, I like I, I really kind of, you know, now that it's 20 years deep into doing this, I hang my hat on, you know, all of my clients need to have fun while we're doing what we do. And that's what will keep them coming back. It's great to have quality content, but if they don't want to be around you, <laughs> they're not going to be around you. Right. So. Yeah, it's so, it's so true, right? It's like it's like with the conversation that we had before about H to H experiences. Um, you know, people buy from people. They don't they don't buy companies. Don't buy from each other, right? So um, that's a great point that you make. You know, it's funny. So as we as we delve into this topic, because um, our audience and for those of you who don't know, like I'm 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 in the same boat with Kyle. Twenty plus years deep, uh, scaled a few agencies in my time, but. Um, I always find it interesting um, to explore how the budgets are being chopped. And I find, you know, with digital marketing specifically, working with clients, they tend to be so, they tend to scrutinize all of the metrics. Like it's the one area, I used to work in um, doing uh, niche publishing, right? And you'd be able to do in publishing, in the publishing world, your PMB measured. And it's like, for every one copy, they say there's three eyeballs on it, right? And so they, they allocate sort of a membership or a readership based on total circulation. And as long as the postal walk was there, guaranteed distribution and their friend's side or was on a coffee table, hey, you're good, right? Brand awareness. It's there. The message is out in the ecosystem is being consumed. Yeah. Move that over to digital. It's like, how many clicks were you received? What's the click-through rate? What was the bounce rate? Well, what was the impression count? Uh, what's the time on site? Um, how did that? How did that get into my funnel, so to speak? Uh, is there a, is there an active sequence based on the CRM after the fact, depending on the marketing automation channel, so on and so forth? I don't know. Call am I missing anything on that front or? Oh, no, I think you hit all of the, you know, buzzword stats that people are looking at. But I think ultimately what it boils down to is, mm. you, you know, you can have a million impressions, but if you have zero sales, you have zero sales, right? So mm. I, I'm not a big stack guy, to be honest. I It's a big part of my world, but it's all still about sales. Like I kind of have my left foot, like back in like 1995, when it was still, you know, not just about eyeballs and like passive scroll buys, but more connections. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It's what's really interesting to see is, um, and I think we touched upon this in one of our earlier episodes, Jay, was um, mm. the budget allocation, you know? Um, so there was a report that was done in the CMO survey and it was actually by Deloitte. Um, we, mm. we, chatted, we spoke about this briefly yesterday, but um, just to continue on, in, in, you know, in 2021, um, CMOs will spend nearly $120 billion on digital marketing. Right. So the average firm is, uh, is expected to allocate about half of their total marketing budget to online. Now, fast forward, we're, we're in a COVID environment. That doesn't really surprise me per se, but no. it's how the actual budget is allocated. Right. Um, any, any words of wisdom, Kyle, for our audience there? Like how do we slice and dice that budget? And now uh, granted these are organization and, and everything's in, is, is to be said 
to put it in context, right? Like these are these are multi-million or billion-dollar organizations, starting at you know twenty-five million, going up to over a hundred billion dollars, right? So employee count is less than you know a hundred employees to mm. more than ten thousand. So it's a huge range. The sample is only about three hundred um, CMOs, but it gives us an idea as far as the spectrum is concerned of budget allocation, spend, market segment, so on and so forth. So I'm just curious, in your experience, Kyle, how do you see the um, the budget being organized or allocated? Uh, well, you know what, I, I think for my answer on this question, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look more at small and medium-sized business because I think they're the ones in the tough position. Like it's one thing for yeah. MasterCard or Canadian Tire to blanket every sporting event and every social media feed, um, you know, and pray that they land the new, you know, a shopper in the aisle or a new credit card sign up. But for, you know, a business with 10 employees that is reading all about the power of digital marketing and, you know, it's 2021, I'm sure everyone's tried uh, their hand at some form of Facebook boosted post or, um, (laughs) you know, uh, online advertising, even on a newsletter, that's a, an industry publication. Um, I think in terms of the budget breakdown this year, yeah, it's like all gone digital, all, all of it. Um, and everyone, you know, even the publications know that 10 years ago, their website overtook their magazine for annual revenue, um, if not earlier. So, um, you know, to circle mm. the wagons back to the the actual breakdown. Um, I'm still a big believer in the content. So if you're a small business or medium-sized business, it's one thing to allocate a lot of money on reaching the people, but if you're reaching them with garbage because you slashed the budget for the actual Mm. message, you're just wasting your money. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I want to get into that a little bit more because I now, personally, obviously, we've had some discussions about content for, for my business and, and just trying to make sure that what we're putting into the world or what we're putting out there is good quality and it's driving a little bit of awareness. So with a lot of the brands that you work with, Kyle, like some of the, like you said, small to medium brands, what emphasis do you find on that content? Are they really saying to you, okay, hey, Kyle, this is a big deal for us. We want the content to be great. We need the message to be clear. Like what are you hearing from you know your clients, you know myself included, about the importance of the material that you're creating or the um, you know overall content that you're putting together? Like, what, how are they ranking that in terms of you know at, to Neil's point, the budget, but also importance in their business? Like, what are, what are you seeing there? Uh, well, one of the funny things that you know I'm exposed to business owners of all ages now. Um, mm. So I've got clients who are sixty. Um, they know what they're doing on a computer and they would, you know, right now the, the hot thing for them is YouTube pre-roll advertising because they see it. They have, wow. it has, to, you know, advertising um, has to click with someone when they say, oh, okay, yeah, I have seen those ads. If I tell a client who's not on Instagram that they've got to be there and they've got to put money into producing reels, they don't care no matter what I say, because they're not exposed to it. They don't know what that is. And they're not gonna roll the dice and, and segment a big 
part of their, their marketing budget on an unknown. I've yeah. got a, a clothing store owner um, west of here in Ontario who everything is Instagram. It's all Instagram. That's where he lives. <laughs> and uh, so it's funny because I'm in a weird position where I need to know enough to explain to everybody the positive and potential negatives of every platform, but still adapt what I might suggest, pitch, or produce to suit their mindset and their online habits. Um, so it's a, it's a weird time. Like there's so many places you can put your money, um, whether it's even just something as simple as Google AdWords and helping someone get an AdWords ad up that they can see. Like for some biz business owners, that's mind blowing still. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, you're showing them fire for the first time. Yeah. No, I just got off the phone earlier today with um, a colleague mm. of mine and we were having that same discussion and uh, we were talking about um, social media ads and how their agency shit the bed and they were looking at an annual renewal and I was just getting into the metrics with her as far as like what was happening and I said to her, I said, it doesn't sound like they have your best interest at heart considering mm. that they have a templated email that's just being regurgitated and all that's changing is the actual numbers in that email with no justification of AB testing to their offsite landing page or where these leads are going through their ads and time of day and or frequency, or if they're setting up a lookalike campaign on social, like it's just, it's just blanket approach. And right. um, yeah, lazy. I, I mentioned to her, I said, well, why don't we, why don't we take a closer look at um, Google AdWords? And uh, you know, her response was like, I don't know anything about it. And I said, well, you know what? I've heard you that. You don't need to know anything about it. So I, I, I automatically stopped her in her track and I said, are you an accountant? And she was like taken back. She's like, no, I have an accountant. And I said, perfect. So why do you have an accountant? She's like, well, I need somebody professional to look after my, aha, you do, do you? Right. Well, it's the same boat, right? All of these self-proclaimed overnight success stories, industry experts that have XYZ amount of experience that have only been in the game for like 10 years or not even let's say five years, but they've been doing it when they were in high school. So now they're, they're ready to play in today's marketplace and they're learning on their dime, right? Um, yeah. At the end of the day, these yeah. people have families to feed, you know, they have to yeah. provide, there's mortgages and bills that need to be paid. It's a livelihood of whether or not that CEO is going to actually bring home a paycheck that month. They don't understand. Right. And, and I, it baffles me because like when I was in, in the, the thick of things with digital marketing for the agencies that I was repping, I would, I would, I was thinking like, I was, I was almost like a psychologist. I don't know if you're getting the same type of discussions called, but it was like, Oh, my past agency, they, I spent $10,000 a month and I was doing AdWords and I saw zero return. And I remember I was talking with a guy that was doing doors and windows in Toronto. He was spending 50 K a month on an advertising campaign. And he was just, he was livid, like absolutely livid because he's like, Neil, I got my landing pages set up. I'm in different languages. I, I'm running different A-B testing. I'm doing social media ads. I'm doing Google AdWords. I'm like, okay, listen, pull up the analytics. Let's get into it right now. And next thing you know, we're looking at all these metrics. And he's like, why do I have 50% of my traffic coming to me from Russia? And I'm like, bro, you got the wrong, you got the wrong agency, man. I'm sorry to tell you, like, I, I'm really, I really just want to help, right? And, you know, I think, it, like you said, Kyle, you come from that area of wanting to actually help someone uh, exceed, 
and delivering and making them aware, like yeah. back to your point about the client not knowing the the right medium or the right channel to deliver that message. I think that's where you subject matter expert like yourself comes into the mix, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like to think so. Like I kind of pride myself on being able to explain the difference of the different platforms, but the way things go today, there's like a new platform every 14 days that someone's here. Hey, have you tried this? Hey, have you looked at this? And it's, I get how it can be super confusing mm -hmm. for a business owner to a trust somebody with that first month's budget when they're basically throwing toonies and loonies up in the air and hoping they come back to them. Um, but also uh, experiment on a platform that they know nothing about and, and trust mm -hmm. that they're going to find um the consumer that they're trying to reach. And that's where I think, you know, business will always be about experience because you can come out of university and say, Hey, I know everything there is to know about social media marketing. And if you haven't been through, you know, shoulder to shoulder with a client who's spending a couple grand a month and you're meeting with them twice a month to go through the brass tacks of, well, here's what did come in, here's what I would change, and here's how we pivot to make this better. Mm -hmm. Like that's experience that's invaluable. And, you know, it's like someone who's gonna come in and work on your house. Do you want them in ripping your kitchen out? Just, and it's your, their first project? <laughs> right not. at a school, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they're out you. there, they're out there. Those. You know, if they, you know, that's how I started. So I'm not knocking anybody. You have to say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to do that. And then step up and do it. Yeah. Um, so I respect that, but still there's an element here when you're trying to navigate all this stuff. If you've never sailed a ship, like you're going down. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting the rocks, right? It's yeah. uh, I, I get the analogy because when this looking from personal experience in this, in this area, in this realm, um, not knowing anything about it is, is okay. But I think the key important thing and both you gentlemen might be able to comment a little more about this is really knowing what your message is, like the messaging from your client, um, in your case, Neil, in your case, Kyle, um, has to be clear. And maybe you guys can talk a little bit about that collectively between you, um, about when a client doesn't understand the messaging that they want to put out into the world, how you either coach, create, develop, fix, or align the message. Cause, cause a lot of times, you know, I, I struggle with this from our business perspective is, you know, we know what we kind of do, but we don't necessarily know how to craft a good message that we want to put out into the world for stuff to come back to us. So how do you guys generally overcome those type of challenges with clients? Maybe I'll start with Kyle and I mean, Neil, you can top up. Uh, well, you know, my thing is always, you know, this is like, a couple decades of focusing on what other agencies are doing, big agencies, medium agencies, everyone, even people outside the digital marketing realm, they've seen commercials that they thought were brilliant. They've seen print ads that they loved and identified with. And so yeah. I love like just gobbling that stuff up and looking at like the creative behind it, how say a company like Ikea, use the same campaign on TV versus how they use it maybe in their own in-house catalog or expanded the same campaign online. So I, 
Like, I love that stuff. So when I get a chance to um, talk with a client about, you have to talk about your goals first. And once I understand the goal that the client has, then I can say, okay, so if you've got a suite of five products and you could only choose one Mm -hmm. that you would sell from here on out, which one is it? Okay, great. It's that one. So how do we craft a message that said that not only uh, is going to move product X that you've identified, but also that, you know, in line with what others in the space are doing, but has a little creative twist to make it unique and resonate with the group you're trying to reach. And that's, you've got to understand the client, the mud in the middle, and then the group that's on the other side and Uh, what they're going to, to do with the mud and how you can sort of push away the mud for them to go, Oh, I get it. There's product X and this guy or girl has it. And I know how to get it. Nice. Nice. Hey, you know? Jay, I think when you're editing this, this is when you bring in the roaring cheer from the crowd from the <laughs> auditorium, right? <laughs> right? Uh, no, Not to. the prices right horn. Burp, 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 burp. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, cause, 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 cause nailed it, right? You can, you can always tell when you're working with a veteran mm. um, because at the end of the day, it's about, so many, so many, so many business owners are caught up with the minutia and maybe where, where items are actually bottlenecking. Um, yeah. And I think they have a, a hard time understanding that the message is the medium, but also in addition to that, taking a closer look at the elements that are being designed are not necessarily for them. It's for the end user. It's right. a user experience. It's the audience that's going to... Just because you as a business owner doesn't understand, you know, insert whatever social media channel here, um, doesn't mean that your audience is not on there. And not every social media channel is designed for every business to exceed yet. Um, this is just, this, again, stemming off our initial conversation earlier on, Jason, right? Like, with yeah. respect to, you know, know, know where you need to be and, and execute in what makes sense. Um, but I love the mud analogy um, and what people are going to be doing with that. Uh, I think that's that's the key, right? To figure out exactly how that information is going to be consumed and uh, yeah. to what level and what's the sequence that happens next, right? I think I think that's where you're going to find sort of where the um, separates the what is it the cream from the actual. Um, is it the way? I don't know what it is, but anyways, the cream rises to the top, right? It's it's like you got it, that, yeah. that little percentage um, yeah. of excellence that anybody can design an ad, get an ad up, set up an AdWord campaign or or social media campaign or or do YouTube ads or yeah. or Google display ads or remarketing campaign, etc. But if the target audience isn't set up properly, you're not going to reach your end consumer. Number one, number two. Yeah. If the creative is shit, you're going to get blamed, right? Yeah. Uh, and what ends up happening is that they don't look to say, okay, well, maybe it was the creative, right? So what yeah. type of A-B testing are you doing? I think it's very, it's important to set the expectations um, early on with the client to let them know that we're going to have to work collaboratively to figure this out. Yep. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. 
Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. I guess um, as the as a person who wanted to know more about that, I think you both touched on the, the key around messaging. I think um, messaging and marketing, I think, is one of the bigger areas that um, small businesses really need to hone in on. I know, like I said, from personal experience, I think messaging is, is huge because you really got to know who your customers are. You really got to know um, who your competitors are as well and how you craft your message to maybe make you stand out from those two factors, stand out to your customers and obviously stand out to your competition when customers are looking at you. There's always, I always find it um, very refreshing when you start to get to that level of understanding how the, um, how your content and material and all the other things that you're putting out there really set you apart. So yeah, no, thanks guys for that. It's a great answer. Well, some business owners, they, you know, it's all their business is trapped in their head, right? They know every facet of it and every little minute detail, and they think that's an advantage. So they want to have a hand in helping craft the creative, but it's a total disadvantage. And oh, I okay. like tell me, tell me more, tell me more about that field, knowing nothing about what they do. And then, and then getting to hand pick the details that I think are important to them um, okay. and, and paint a picture using only the colors that I think they need as part of that picture. Mm. So and, and I love that part of it. That's my favorite part. Like sit down, talk. Hmm, okay, I get more about what you do. And then the actual creative, like, you know, creative 20 years ago, meant something unique and original and the further we get into the 21st century everyone's just copying everybody all over <laughs> yeah. that you can still be creative but you're grabbing sh shit that you've seen somewhere else nine times out of ten but what's creative is if i take some sort of fashion instagram reel i saw and flip it on its head and use it for a heating and air conditioning company that's cool, but it's not, I'm still, I still have a springboard there behind me. That was that original Instagram reel that I happened to see. Um, but that, you know, that's probably been happening for, since the fifties where print ads, it's like, oh, I like what they did with that photograph. And now all the ads start to look the same. And then through digital ads, the same thing. I, you know, in the last six weeks, I've seen an old Navy ad on TV and it, all it is, is an Instagram reel. Well, well, look at Burger King, right? Burger King just yeah. launched a new creative that was circa 1980-something. That's all of a sudden back in today's ecosystem, and everyone's like, wow, that's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. It was done already. I don't know how many yeah, millions exactly. of dollars they spent for that, but it was already done. It's like done, music. Right? It's like music, right? Like, it's, it's the old. perfect analogy. You know, heavy metal is going to be hot in two years. Trust me. <laughs> at some point it will be though it'll be back it will so, be yeah hey my my son's wearing metallica t-shirts right and he's like 16 years old you know you what i mean it. so like it's what's old is new again and what's uh cold is hot like it's i don't want to throw the old um comparison that uh you know things come back around in circles and trends come and go you know baggy pants or out now you see some people wearing them again like it it it's, there you go. You know, marketing and and just society in general have such a weird um, intersection of you know how things can come back around 
when at least you least don't expect it, or they come back around when uh, maybe the timing is better than when they first existed, right? So yeah, who knows? For sure. Oh, just out of curiosity, um, anyone that you uh, sort of have been following or consume, um, you know, just to provide some some value for our audience out there. Are there are there gurus out there that you gravitate towards that you emulate that, that maybe a business quarter or something along the lines that sort of really uh, uh, I you know I absorb so much stuff that um, you know a resource like Ad Week or Marketing Magazine I love like kind of where they've done the lifting for me and I can go there and look at like the week's top campaigns but also just in my daily scroll scroll scroll. I see all kinds of different um, ads and approaches to different videos. And so I, I don't really, I'm very busy, fortunately. <laughs> That's the other thing. I, my scrolling, I, once I'm done my actual like paper with all the stuff written on it in front of me for the day, I, I like to get away from it. So I, and I know that's part of the hustle mode podcast is like, what do you do outside of your business? And <laughs> I love turning the switch off, off. There you go. Because you burn out and I'm no good to anybody. If I can't, can no longer look at my monitor and don't want to think. Yeah, no, there's, and you know, this is a, a coming podcast, but we're going to talk about uh, work-life balance, work-life integration, and, and how you um, could potentially balance the two. And, you know, maybe some of us do a better job than others and sort of, you know, hustle mode on, hustle mode off, um, yeah. and, and trying to make sure that we're <laughs> hustling in the right hustle direction. Hustle mode in and of itself implies that there's another mode. <laughs> and you need to go to that other mode sometimes. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, Kyle. There's, there's definitely that... Um, that need to turn it off. And um, if you're constantly burning or constantly going during the course of the day, and like you're saying, um, especially when you're out doing like shoots or you're talking to clients and the diversity of the things that you must do must really put um, a lot of strain on the sort of mental um, capacity where you, you need to be thinking creative. That, that's one thing about being in a creative job. Like if, if, if your job is to be creative, like it, it's almost like you have to be creative all the time. It's like you, you, do, <laughs> you come up yeah, with something boring. But you have to know, you have to know what you're capable of. So like we, when we were talking about doing this call, mm -hmm. we were talking about a night where I knew I was shooting, where I knew I was shooting during the day. And I was like, I'm not going to be any good. I'm not, <laughs> I can't do it because yeah. those days take so much out of me where all the gear has to be used perfectly. You've got to capture everything the way you were envisioning it a week ago. And once you're done, like I drive home and it's literally like, drop the bags, bring <laughs> anything that's of value yeah. out of the van. And <laughs> I'm done till the next day. And you melt I, into you the chair. I can't try to work on other stuff after that because I'm doing a disservice to myself and anybody who I'm, uh, you know, working on the project for. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very, very well said. I think you got to have that, uh, you got to know your limits and you got to know your capacity, right? And, you know, like I said, being creative all the time is, could sometimes be um, very draining on, on your, on your mental, um, um, mental state. 
So yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's a it's a burns rocket fuel. <laughs> yes, Neil, it looks like you're thinking of an insightful question. No, I'm just curious because, like, I mean, I think just between 2020 and where we are right now, mm. um, I read somewhere the other day that um, Canadian households are spending an average of seven hours online per day. Yeah. Um, Jeez, so, that that seems low. <laughs> right? yeah. It does, yeah. um, but it's like, and I was just chatting with the wife the other day about this. It's like from one screen to the next, right? Like yeah. we limit our kids. I mean, my children are, are very young. They're two two kids under five, and they don't have screen time. Like there's no iPad sitting in front of them. You know, they they see us using the phone, and when they do, you know, if the phone's lying on the couch or something, they grab it and they're using the swiping motion. And I'm like, what the heck? They're like, they're two and four. Like, how how are they knowing it? My son now, when he gets the phone, he can navigate to YouTube and find. A cartoon of his liking so it's funny like one part of me wants to be okay let's 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 fully immerse them into this because i want them to be ahead but the other part of me is like i don't want them to have self-esteem social issues pertaining to digital consumption at such mm -hmm. an early age because i want that balance right like i grew up yeah. i didn't grow up with the internet cell phone like I, my first cell phone was 20 something you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. Um, i think we're so all in the same boat and then that right like yeah, we got our first weird, cell phone right? at a certain level well, yeah but like <laughs> the point that i'm trying to make is that when i was chatting with the wife it's so i'm i'm on i'm on the clock for this laptop sitting in front of me for eight hours right I, yeah, and then yeah. my cell phone's right beside me that it's constant between the two whatever's going on between social and, and there and then from that i'm you know going to youtube on my on my big screen and i'm doing market research for a topic that piques my interest for a couple of hours um and hmm. you know before i hit the sack i'm looking at the phone again horizontally and sometimes the wife's like what are you doing right and i'm like <laughs> but i'm just reading like i'm just consuming you know and, and i'm trying to i'm trying to understand yeah some things and how they're working and i feel it's not fomo but it's just the well, I think like you, to your point, Kyle, when you, when you are doing something that you like or enjoy, or you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. Right. But well, yeah. it other, really the other, doesn't. The other side of the I don't think I like everyone talks about retiring and like sitting on a dock and reading a book. And that's like my hell. Like <laughs> I, I would never want that. I would, I would be pacing around that dock waiting for somebody to contact me to say, Hey, I want to jam with you on something. Hustle mode, hustle mode. Uh, what is it? Senior years? Yeah, senior yeah, years. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hustle mode, like I, I, 2051. I, there's no retiring for me. I want to just keep doing this until I can. Well, and 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 the way uh, it's funny you say that. I was having a conversation with the wife again about the whole retirement because she's in a um, a profession that has a defined retirement time. Right, you have to retire and go away. You can't hang out there forever and, and just uh, um, you know exist. And I, I was say, mentioning to her, I was like, for me, retirement is not so much doing nothing, but it's doing something else, right? Like, it's like, instead of running a business and being involved in that, in that place, it's managing a team of people that are doing a business or managing aspects of a business, managing something in a, in a different capacity. So yeah, retirement doesn't seem like it's um, something where you stop 
it's more you change and maybe evolve into something. Like you said, if, right. you know, if, if part of your, um, you know, fear of, of retirement or your uh, fear of slowing down is um, maybe you're, instead of doing five projects a month, you do three. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just, it's a different set of velocity, but maybe the same type of effortless work that doesn't seem like work to you, right? The, yeah. the level of stress goes way down because instead of doing like 15, 20 things a month, you're doing five, you do them when a buddy asks yeah. you. So yeah, sure. it, it, that's a, that's a plot in itself, Neil, but um, we can, we talk about what we want to do when we retire, but to your point, there has to be, if it doesn't feel like work, then it doesn't feel, you, you try to feel as less stressed as you can with what you're doing. So um, I just want to, I want to provide some value for our audience here. And, and, you know, if, if we don't have the resources, that's fine, but I'm just curious, Kyle. So um, on the, on the podcasts, on the, the YouTube channels, are you subscribing to anybody uh, digital um, like reference points? Are you reading anything right now? That's, you know, that's sort of top of mind or that you've read recently that you could suggest to an up and coming Kyle that wants to start a digital marketing agency. Like what, what tidbits of wisdom do you have for individuals out there that maybe is a little bit interested or just wants to sort of brush up on this kind of stuff? Any resources come to mind? Uh, I, I don't, you know, if I read it's to escape. Okay. So I, you know, Stephen King's new book, I just finished on the weekend. It's called uh, later was amazing. Um, I don't read a lot of business books and listen to what other people, you know, I get that there's value in those books, but I just, like I said, once I put my list down for the day, I Mm. I want to like go somewhere else. So um, I couldn't, you know, there's people I like and respect out there, but no one I care to drop on a podcast and say, hey, check out what they do. yeah like my you know back to your point about consuming content like even even if i unwind you know it's it could be me looking at the way they're shooting a netflix special so even when i say i've turned off i'm still looking at the way they've lit a scene or how they've angled the guy on camera and i'm thinking i wonder what microphone they're using and (laughs) what compression (laughs) settings right so as much as I may make it sound like it's easy to throw the switch, it's not. Yeah. Like I'm still mm. constantly evaluating everything that's put in front of me from a content perspective. Yeah. But I Actually, like that part. I think yeah, we so- all do it, right? Like, I mean, even if you're looking at a website and you get frustrated because something is not supposed to be where it is or something happens after you click something or you're expecting it and you're like, this is this is crap. Like who designed this? Right, thing, you're right? dead to me. Yeah, and yeah. it's like I had that with a pizza website on the weekend. I was like, "Come on, ordering right? a pizza like this should be this is like a WordPress template, <laughs> and we couldn't do it. Could not do it. And and goodbye. On to the next. Exactly right, and that's yep. the thing. Like, Customer lost seven seconds to make a digital first impression. So the, yeah. the average consumer right now it has the attention span of less than a goldfish, right? The average consumer has the attention span less than a goldfish. Think about that for a moment. So going back to your actual thought process on content delivery, and you want to get as much information out there as possible because it's feature, 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 advantage, 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 benefit, benefit, benefit. People don't want to read that shit, man. No, no, they don't. Three by three, like just get it out there. What's the top line? What's what's in it for me as the consumer? And how is that going to make my life better? Period. And where do I get it? 
<laughs> where do I get it? Yeah. Well, and I think pulling on that same thread, Neil, and I guess there's another question on the Kyle side is, um, so for the folks that don't know, um, you know, and or haven't looked you up yet by this time, listen to us on the podcast, um, you have a diverse set of um, approaches, capabilities, um, on-ramps, off-ramps in the digital marketing space. So when you look at your, and this, you know, ignorant on my part, because I thought you were a video guy, but that's not all you do. You do a lot more than that. So just again, for our audience who may not be able to glean that from your website or, you know, following on Instagram or whatever, um, give us a little bit of a, an overview of the breadth of things that you get involved with Kyle and, and projects that you, um, add your, you know, magic to your, your, you know, secret sauce or whatever. Cause I want folks to understand that, you know, you're, you're definitely adding value in the digital marketing space. Um, not just on the video and the, um, web production side, but again, like give us a little bit of an overview of, you know, you can use examples as well. Maybe a little, maybe a little yeah, overview sure. of some of the things you worked on, well, but yeah, like, tell, tell me more. Um, to be a true, like, content creator slash content marketer mm. like you need to be good at the a whole wheelhouse of skills and and for me i mm. place importance on brand design and brand communication so whether it's a company name or your logo you know for a video production if i was just a video production company and for me to come into a company and take their money and say yeah yeah don't worry this commercial's gonna be the thing that moves your product when you're sitting there knowing that their overall brand is garbage. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't think that's fair. Like I, and there, yeah. you know, every person and company has its place. I'm not saying they don't, but if you really want to provide a value um, add service to a client as a marketer, you know, I've worked on web projects where I'm like, you should be rebranding right now. And I know nobody in your company thinks you should. So let's move ahead with the web project. No problem. Yeah, I will, you know, we'll tackle it. But again, so branding, web design, photography is key. You know, um, that's something I've been doing for ages and I never actually created a site for my own photography. I was just, I always would say to a web client, hey, yeah, I'll come shoot all your employees and uh, take a shot of your building, Photoshop, uh, you know, the bird crap off the side of the building and the nests out of the logo. And finally, like last year, I was like, I'm, I know what I'm doing here, uh, photography wise. And it, I put up a site at my own kylehossig.com and I've got more business from these two companies sort of bleeding together than yeah. I could have ever imagined. And, yeah. you know, it's a website is nothing without photography or video. All it is is blue lines and red lines and letters. And so, <laughs> yeah. to, you know, for a web designer to, to, to truly say, Hey, I'm a designer in this space but I don't take pictures and I can't shoot video for you. What I can do is go on a stock photography website and grab all kinds of hands shaking and keys going into locks. It's just, it just doesn't <laughs> cut it. It just does not cut it these days. And that's the it. difference. That's where, you know, that's where I could get up on my soapbox <laughs> here right now and say, 
<laughs> you need somebody who not only knows all the different media, but knows all the different things you could improve in your sales process or marketing Love it. Yeah. of your company. And, and that's that again, that comes back to experience. Um, but yeah, it's all stuff I love though. Like I, if you said, Hey, uh, what would you like to do? You could only choose one. I'd have a real tough time. Like I, I like, you know, I just work with a, an event company that has a huge warehouse filled mm. with inflatable games, arcade games. Um, oh, Neil. And they're, Neil. they're not moving any of it right now. But he has a huge showroom. And I just worked on a project to come up with a name, a website, a logo for basically an indoor interactive playground with all of his stuff that a, one family at a time can book during COVID an hour at a time. Everything's sanitized in between. But I loved every part of that. So I went there, I had my mask on, I took pictures of all the games and uh, I sent him initially a list of about 25 different available domain names that I thought would be cool, that, mm. that not only represent, you know, he could use in the future when the events business is back in action. Um, but I like coming up with those names on that piece of paper. I liked choosing 10 different font groupings that you know, best represented the names that he said he liked best for my list. I like choosing the best photographer uh, photograph out of 200 pictures I, I took in one night that, that could live on the homepage and represent the space the best. I loved every step of that. Um, and we turned, I had to make a video where there was no one in the video. So I was literally <laughs> throwing balls into nets throwing axes at an axe, inflatable axe throwing to create the illusion of what you're going to feel when you're there. But we couldn't wow. have kids running around and you're just not allowed. So we adapted and, and not, you know, now he's moved on to marketing it and he's got uh, through his, his contacts, he's got uh, some contra deals with magazines and websites where he's loaned them furniture in the past. And now he's got these, you know, five figure trade-offs for banner ads, e-news uh, letter features through major Toronto magazines. And so I'm getting to help him decide how to use those credits now. And and that's that's just one of the things I've been working on since January. But it's awesome. Like, I, again, I loved every part of it. The brand design, the web design, photography, videography, and the tone of the text. And hmm. everyone's going to feel safe because we clean the whole space. And it, it was just, that's just one project. But it, when you ask me, like, okay, what are all the different facets you work on? It's a great example of, like, being able to quickly get something off the ground without burning through a five-figure budget that you would with like a big agency who's like well this team handles this and then this team over yeah. here is going to help you with your the actual text messaging and then you're going to pay for part of this building that's sitting empty um and that's where your budget's going yeah no it, it's funny neil neil and i talked about uh that um on the digital marketing side is just 
how that budget's allocated and how there's disconnects all over the place where you have different soldiers with throughout the organization executing different tasks and their the synergies between them sometimes get lost and i know um being a a one-man show and we, we talked about this when we were talking about the thing um working together us personally um but it's it's not so much a, a one-man show it's a creative mind that like you said you can pull people in in your business like with adrenaline you can pull people in to do directed things that you've already um, started. So you can tell people, okay, here's the vision, here's the creation, here's what I've done. Here, go fix, put it the way that I want it and you can exactly, off, yeah. right? So I think that's valuable. It's almost like you're- So I, I um, shouldn't take all the credit. Like I do have other team members, like they're, they're I, it sounds like I'm saying I can do everything <laughs> and I can't, but no, like, no. What, you know, things like membership databases and, and uh, actual web development for software as a service like that, I don't sit here at this computer and do, and I have a team that do it. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like other things you can pull from, even just my history of working with different videographers, sometimes I need four people on site and uh, I, I know exactly who to call and bring in and you've got the perfect team and you're not paying for their downtime for the month you're paying yeah. for the days they're there yeah and, and that's and that's perfect and as a um a small business yourself you you've you've got to that point where you can scale quickly if needed depending on the client's requirements which exactly there's no other way to do it right in my opinion especially in the creative space um because you don't want to have and, and you know you can maybe talk about your agency days you don't want to have um dead weight at times when it has not dead weight. I guess that's the wrong way of putting it. You don't want to have unallocated resources <laughs> sitting around that uh, it gets could... expensive yeah. quickly. Yeah, I mean, and again, to Kyle's point, I mean, you have subject matter experts that is part of your network that's been vetted that you've worked with for decades that mm. allows you to bring in partners that is the right fit for the project at hand. Right. Mm -hmm. um, anyone that's going to sit here and tell you that they're they're a subject matter expert on all things digital marketing, they're it's a bunch of smoke, man. It's not possible. It's absolutely yeah. not possible. Trust me. It's uh, there's just on consumption alone for um, off hours. Me personally, mm -hmm. and whether that's let's say five hours a day uh, multiplied by seven is 35 hours a week, multiply that by 52 weeks, like you do the math, I still don't know everything. And, and I've been living this for like 20 something years, right? So it's it's important to know what your strengths are, play to those strengths and make sure yeah. that you're, you're being fully transparent when you're dealing with the client to ensure that I treat the money as though it was my own, right? And I'm yeah. sure and I can get that passion from Kyle that he does the same as a small business owner and, and a president of his own agency, right? Uh, I think it's important for the client to get what they pay for, but more specifically to understand that there's the right budget for the right partner, right? And because the vision is going to entail maybe, like you said, if it's three or four different individuals that are on staff that are shooting, um, or maybe it's a it's a higher resolution uh, camera uh, that you need to rent for the day because of this particular shoot, or there's a permit, yeah. or you know you need to bring in drones or whatever the case may be. 
um, but also on the execution side, right? Maybe you need a marketing automation specialist that's doing integration with CRMs and looking at the, the email for specific, email writing specifically versus content writing is, is a completely Very different, different type of writing structure. Uh, even to that of blogs um, development and versus social writing. So content specialists that execute based on those particular channels themselves, it's not just content. Right? Content is siloed based on the execution of the medium that you're writing for. So it's important mm. to realize that, right? Like, and you're, you'll get down through that path, Jay, as you enter into sort of future execution as we explore different opportunities later on. But um, it's, it's, it's very important to know that as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, that um, somebody might have a different price point for all these services, but it's, yeah. it's important for you as the purchaser to do your due diligence, right? Yeah, one size doesn't fit all. And, and I think um, to that point, um, as a business owner looking at um, how you repurpose content, how you use content, um, it's irresponsible as a business owner to think that you can just do something once and then replicate it everywhere without any tweaks yeah. or updates or it just, it, it doesn't, it never, never lands well and it, and it makes you unfortunately look lazy or maybe disorganized. So. You know, to that point, Neil, I, I see that as a very, you know, not being in the field, being a, you know, an outsider, a novice, what have you, I see that as a very important distinction to have the right message for the right medium. So you're attracting the right type of, you know, yeah. con, um, customer or interest in what you're doing. So yeah, great point. Listen, guys, I can, we can, I think we can continue to talk <laughs> for another hour easy. I know. Oh, I and I have no problem doing that. But um, Kyle, I think, you know, it was great having you on here today. Um, you, you added a lot of value being our first host, by the or, or guest, I should say. So thank you very much for, for your pressure. Hey, thanks for having me. We appreciate that. You know, as a way of exiting, why don't you let the people know how they can find you and what channels you're on and what's the best form of communication? How do people get a hold of you? Uh, so yeah, hit me up at uh, adrenaline.ca and I spell adrenaline with two Ds and I have from the beginning because uh, I want you to add me to your marketing uh, team, whether you're a small business owner working for yourself or you're a company with 20 employees that doesn't have a CMO or a marketing department. Uh, I, the, my company was founded on adding adrenaline to the mix. So high energy, creative ideas, expert execution, so again, it's A-D-D-R-E-N-A-L-I-N-E.ca. Or uh, you can check me out at Kyle Hosick. That's K-Y-L-E-H-O-S-I-C-K.com. Uh, you'll see some of my photography there. And I'm at, at Kyle Hosick on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And we'll have all those links in the description below for those individuals joining us on YouTube. Again, uh, for our audience, thank you very much for joining us here today. We hope that you found value. If you did, in fact, find value, make sure you smash that notification bell, hit that like button, and be sure to subscribe. For our podcast listeners, I hope that you were able to get away a few nuggets of information to add value to your future digital marketing plan. Um, Jason, myself, and Kyle are readily available at any time whether it be through social or through email, and we can more than happy to set up a consultation or a call to learn a little bit more about your needs and how we might be able to service those as we move forward. But um, make sure to tell a friend, bring a friend. We do this on a weekly basis, and we're always open to hearing any kind of feedback that you have in order to make the next episode great. Keep your eyes on the prize, folks. Be safe. 
and make sure that you know the best is yet to come. Thanks for your time, folks. Have a great day. Thank you.